Monday. I start watching my neighbors early in the morning, before sunrise. I like to see them paced on their pearly white smiles, veneers, I'm almost certain. Each and every one of them is made from porcelain, so utterly breakable. I live at 182 Morton Street. My house sits at the exact center of the cul-de-sac with three houses on either side, equidistant, geometric, a perfect vantage point. There are 42 other houses in the subdivision. The grass is green. The people are chipper, not kind. There is a difference. But it's a bland routine they live, stale. The men leave in the morning, suit and tie, come back late in the evening after indulging in what they think is a torrid affair, when in all actuality it, too, is just as overplayed and lifeless as their marriages. The women are pantsuit supermoms. They rush about in expensive SUVs, clutching briefcases, holding on for dear life, remaining oblivious to their husbands for what I would label self-preservation. Routine. I sit at the window with coffee in the paper. I never read it. It's not all that interesting, anyhow. I watch my neighbors. I film. I study. I can be like them, I think, if I try. They all leave for work by seven o'clock on the dot, their toddlers strapped in. First stop, daycare. It's a young neighborhood. Young couples with young children in recently built houses. Not homes. There's a difference. I appreciate them. They teach me how to be alive. They really have no idea how much they do for me by simply living. It's Monday, so when I walk out of my home, I take a left. I walk past two houses, and there's the third. I take another left, this time into the driveway. I go up the walk and around to the back. The basement is partially above ground. There is a small window that I left open for myself the first time, the one the family carelessly left open so many months ago. Before sliding in, I check on the flower growing in the dirt against the house. It's small, delicate, yellow. It makes me happy. I moved it here from my own backyard, a gift for all they do, a testament to all they miss. After sliding through the window, I make my way up the stairs through the darkness. I open the door to a different world, a black and white world, chic and modern with silver appliances. Slowly, I wash my hands in the kitchen sink. The water rushes up, around, and out of the curved spout. Bubbles pop and form, pop and form. 25 seconds and I'm finished. I dry my hands and begin my morning routine. I start a pot of coffee. This house, the third on the left, has a dark Ethiopian blend that the family grinds fresh each morning. As it brews, I walk into the living room and turn on the television. It's already on channel four. News. This is what the family watches in the morning as they eat breakfast. They watch from the kitchen, so I do as well. I go back and pour myself coffee. I sit down at the table and drink. I stare intently at the news anchor on the enormous television. He's handsome. His eyes are kind. He relays disaster after disaster. Informs the world of its most flagrant faults. I try out some of the gestures he makes. I imagine someone gesturing to me. Tuesday. Today, I'm in the second house, to the left of my own. This morning was one of great accomplishment. Typically, upon entering this particular house, the golden retriever is wary of me. We are not friends. This morning, however, he approached me, sniffed my hand, and allowed me to pet him for the first time. 
Good boy. Now, he sits at my feet as I sit in the recliner, just as he sits at his owner's feet when she occupies this very spot. I pick up the newspaper from the table to my right and flip to the puzzles. I hate crosswords, but I look at each clue and trace each answer regardless, adhering strictly to the penmanship on the page, looping and feminine. I think how nice it would be to take the retriever out to play fetch, but that is an evening activity. I'm sorry, we can't play. He looks at me a bit indifferently, and I feel mildly better about the whole situation. I think I may like the beginning of the week better now. Up until this point, I favor the latter half of the week, the half spent on the right side of the cul-de-sac, but today is good. Today the Retriever and I are friends. Wednesday. On Wednesdays, I alternate between the houses directly beside my own. Today, I am on the right side. The morning went well. I make my way up to the second floor. I peek into the child's room to make sure all is well and in order. I notice a toy on the ground. Someone could trip. Someone could get hurt. I go into the room, pick up the toy, and place it on the changing table before sliding out of the room and closing the door behind me. In the master bedroom, there's a master bath. The shower is enclosed by glass, completely transparent, and the wall is mirrored. Better to see yourself, my dear. I notice a sound coming from downstairs. This isn't right. This isn't part of the routine. There's another sound, a clattering. Something was knocked over. Panic sits deep in my chest and radiates outward. I can't move. There's a woman's voice, or a man's. Both. The door to the master bedroom flies open, and I find myself tucked away in the linen closet opposite the shower. There's a smacking sound, not one of hand meeting face, rather one of two faces meeting, followed by one of two bodies meeting. It's repetitive, the sound, and I notice the scent of lavender as it overwhelms me. It's in the towels. They're soft, gentle as they suffocate me. I peek through the slats on the door as the two grope their way into the master bath with no clothing on to strip off. She is not his wife. He is not her husband. I know as much. I understand now why they are here when they usually are not. What if someone lets it slip? Someone could get hurt. I briefly consider what it must be like to be the stranger, to be in someone else's home giving someone else's significant other what they so desperately need, being solely what is lacked within the four walls of this home and nothing else. It's so hard to live life as a secret. The water in the shower starts running. The glass door slams shut. I'm surprised it doesn't break. I feel sick, but I don't think they will find me, so I try to focus on the silver lining. Today, I don't have to imagine. Today I get to see. I take advantage of my good fortune, and quietly, I study. As sweat and steam fog the room, I mimic the motions. I learn. Eventually, they make their way back to the bedroom, back to the bed. While they are preoccupied, I slip out of the closet. I lower myself out of the window and into a tree. I hit the ground, and for the first time, I notice the rain. Thursday. This particular Thursday has been tricky. The house third to the right from my own has a maid. She started this week, and somehow I missed it. When I approached the house this morning to go in, she pulled up. Hello. Can I help you? I choked on my own breath, but she didn't seem to notice. No, no, everything is fine. I started back down the drive, but had a thought and turned back. Is this 185 Morton? 
I knew it was. It sure is. The day didn't have to be ruined. I'm here to fix the air conditioning. The maid let me enter the house. It was the first time I had ever entered through the front door. I raised the temperature on the first thermostat I saw, then wandered out to the garage. I took a bag of tools I found back in the house. Look the part. Be the part. The morning passed easily. Quickly, I hopped from room to room, appearing busy whenever the maid passed by. Several times, I caught her gaze trained on me. I now have two hours and thirty-two minutes left until the family arrives back from work. I walk past the room the maid is cleaning. She has in earbuds. To the outside world, she is deaf. I try to imagine what she is listening to. She's young, with dyed black hair and a bit too much eye makeup, at least compared to what I've seen. Her brain is probably a top forty cacophony. I watch as her movements fall into a sort of rhythm guided by synthesizers and artificial vocal effects. As she bends over to scrub the hardwood floors, I notice her skin. I realize that she is just as breakable as the rest, but her fragility is different. She seems soft, as if the skin stretched over her frame could be pierced, manipulated, torn so very easily. She hardly flinches when I drop to my knees behind her. There's a degree of trust we share, a trust gained by one of the same class, one of similar occupation, strife, plight. She accepts my hand on her shoulder, so I allow it to run the length of her body. This, I think, this is real. Skin is more pliable than I ever imagined. Muscles have a leniency. They're movable. The larger ones anchor to grab hold of, the smaller to move just so. They jump at a touch and can be calmed in the same breath by the same hand that initially disturbed them. My hand roams to her heart. The beat is shallow, quick. The skin surrounding it is covered in bumps, standing fully at attention, reaching for me, wanting me. Finally, someone wants me. My chest meets her back. I, sh I shudder, and as I pull back out, deep red drips from the dull end of the screwdriver in my hand. I've never felt love before. She leans into me. Friday. It's Friday, and I've remained in my own home for the entirety of it. I did not go into the second house on the right per Friday's routine. I did not complete my workout in the home gym that sits behind the second door on the left in the basement as I usually do. I stayed home, and I've remained in this chair. No one knows what I have done. No one has noticed, I don't think. I wonder if they ever will. Blue lights stream through my window, strobing, seizure-inducing. My house is a dance floor, and I, an unwilling participant. I stand and move toward the wall and think of which flower I would be if I could choose. Sirens wail into one another, keeping no particular time. I hear voices, crunchy, coming through megaphones, and I can't separate one from another. There's no musicality, no order. It's chaos that has my ears on fire. I want to close my eyes, but... I don't. I can't. A bright red beam concentrates itself over my heart. I notice the front door splintering as something hammers into it over and over. Crack! 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 I'm fascinated by the mechanics of it all. The men who all look the same, sound the same, feel the same. Cogs, just like me. 
I find myself on my knees for the second time in as many days, this time with two hulking frames on either side of me. I took the maid, and now they will take me. There will be no one left to carry out my routine. But I'm not simply watching anymore, not simply loving. I'm in love. There's a difference. I know it now. I am in love.